Hello, everybody, and welcome into the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Zach Lanning here alongside Colby Marshall, who is uh, the other on the pod this week. No Josh Resio. We keep ping-ponging between the different combinations here, trying to keep you guys all on your toes. But, Colby, uh, I'm super pumped to have you back on the podcast. You know, the, the OG crew reunited once again. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, Zach. I mean, we're, I'm starting to uh, – I think we're reminding me of, like, a solid baseball – pitching staff rotation in the playoffs you know uh it's like you're de grime i'm scherzer uh mets don't really have a third great starter so maybe josh is just another solid guy that we can just rotate in and out the bullpen arm yeah like you know uh, matt is matt mccarthy's gonna be very upset with your timing on that seeing as the mets were just like very painfully uh ousted from the playoffs because their top two pitchers couldn't get it done uh, against the Padres. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I guess probably not the best example to use at the moment. Should have been two solid arms. Uh, maybe that maybe that is the best way to describe us. Should have been two really good pitchers. Maybe we couldn't handle it in uh, in the playoffs and under the bright lights. Uh, but we'll see. Yet to be yet to be determined. I think we'll be all right. <laughs> so you could have got. I guess the Yankees don't have aces either, but at least they're still in the playoffs. So. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> Cole, Cole, he'll get. He'll turn things around. Uh, but yeah, so wow, playoff baseball isn't that crazy to think about that uh, that's happening right now? It's good. This is the best time for sports in general. Oh, the greatest time for sports! I think we've been really spoiled these past couple of days with the MLB and the NFL. Like it's Monday, and there's like nothing on. I feel like I should be watching a baseball game or something. Yeah, yeah, baseball playoff is always fun. You got like the NBA preseason, hockey preseason, football is in like full swing here. Uh, but you also have one of the biggest events, you know, in the world, which is the World Cup, the Women's World Cup 2021 uh, being played now this year, 2022, uh, delayed, of course, because of the pandemic is fully underway. Now we are one, you know, one round of pool play into the tournament. Uh, so we'll kick off our kind of outside of school segment by talking about the last matchup here for the U.S. Colby, they just are fresh off a loss uh, to an Italian side who are in their pool. Uh, they lost 22 to 10 in, I think, um, what was a pretty close matchup. And I, I think both teams came out a little early with, you know, some jitters. I, I think a lot of a lot of mistakes made on, on both sides of the ball, uh, just from, the, you know, that being on that stage, they prepared for this for so long. And it's just you finally get out there and, you're, you know, you want to to make a difference and you're trying, you're trying, trying, um, you know, and sometimes that leads to uh, to some mistakes, obviously. But. You know, kudos to the uh, college ready wrap up. Kudos to Italy, uh, who who looked really good and were able to weather what I think was a pretty potent U.S. attack early on, where they dominated, you know, territory and possession. Uh, but the Italians never, they never wavered, you know, and they just kept fighting right back and, and eventually came away with the win. Colby, I don't know what your thoughts are there on that that first game for the U.S. Yeah, tough loss for the U.S. Uh, they had that five nothing lead in the first half, and I think Italy's score right before the break. Gave them good momentum going into the second half. Let's not forget, Italy's number five in the rankings uh, heading into the tournament. And the U.S., I believe, was at number six. And so it's a tough game for the U.S. to match up against Italy in the group stages. But the World Cup, as we know, you know, it doesn't give you much time to uh, get your stuff together. So it's going to have to be a quick turnaround for the Eagles in their next match up, they want to advance. Yeah, it, it's you say you said it, you know, it was really tough. I was sitting on the couch watching the game and. I, you know, I saw Italy start to put some phases together and generally the only thing that stopped them was they would throw a forward pass or knock it on. Uh, and I, I was like, oh my God, if, if Italy scores here before the half, 
you know, if they let them score, they lose all the momentum of that. They started so hot. They put the five points up on the board, did the U.S., and they just, you know, they couldn't capitalize on a couple other opportunities they had uh, deep in, in Italy's territory. And you saw Italy just, you know, bide their time, and they they went up with the lead right before the half, seven to five, because they made a pretty nice conversion, and it just, you know, never looked back. The U.S. scored on a yellow card. You know, they, they were a man up. They had a, an advantage on the field, but then it, they let Italy score a, a player down with the yellow card. So it kind of evened mm-hmm. out. Um, so just I think there's fixable for sure for the U.S. You know, I think they have a lot of weapons. I think they have a lot of really talented players on that squad. And you're right. You you said it, Italy is is ranked ahead of us, you know, in World Rugby rankings. I think a lot of people expected the U.S. to come in and, and win this matchup. But Italy has, has been killing it. I mean, they beat France who are like the second best team in the world right now, uh, you know, recently leading up to this world cup, they just something they, that Kate Zachary talked about after the game, Italy went professional, you know, they fully professionalized their outfit in, in April, I believe it was, which, you know, the U S is not, uh, but teams like the red roses are in England. So you can see the difference that professionalization makes. And, you know, Kate Zachary said at the end of that game too, that's something that the women's team is, is looking at for, you know, the next couple of years, two, three years down the road being fully professional. And I think that that's, it has to be that way. You know, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I think at this day and in this day and age, if you want to be successful on the national stage in rugby, you got to, you got to have a professional, you know, full-time job for these players. It's not enough to just, you know, come in and, and for eight weeks in the fall or something, you know, in a mini camp, you got to do this full-time. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, so when you say that they're going to be professionalized, does that mean cutting out the, uh, ability for a college player to play at that level or just having them play at a more consistent rate together and like yeah i think just together it would i don't think you're you're cutting out you know college players you would just earn you would be able to do it year round as a job you would earn an income Um, or you play in a professional league you know at home as well so they're hoping the wpl the women's you know premier league in the states here is is launching a bid to go professional you know and start paying contracts out to players uh so yeah basically just you're not you know you don't have a day job you play rugby so a college player could do that still um you know and earn a contract for playing for the national team uh just you know maybe it's they work out something like it's a partial year contract if they're still playing in in the college side of things but i I think it's um like eddie hungatow who now is you know still enrolled at lindenwood obviously and is now playing for the u.s that, that wouldn't she wouldn't be barred from doing that going forward. I think it's just, you know, you're, you're investing in your players and saying, Hey, we, you guys are the best at what you do. We want you to do it full time and get even better. Right. Right. Uh, so we'll see. I will see how exactly that affects the dynamics of things. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure what the contract structures look like for that. I have to look and see what, you know, Italy and England do. Uh, all I know is it's made them much better teams. Uh, and so you'd like to see that, but of course to do that, you also need, you need funding. So uh, we'll see. There's a lot of interest in, you know, um, in women's rugby, especially, I think these last few years that's been growing exponentially. And, uh, I think that'll translate into something if they can win these next few games. So they have a winnable matchup against Japan coming up this weekend. Uh, I think the big matchup for them in terms of are they, if they're going to make the playoffs is going to be that the Canada match, uh, which is coming in a couple of weeks. So if, if they can beat Canada and go three and one in the pool play here, um, I think that gives them a good shot. They probably won't win the pool, um, but you know, I, if they lose to Canada, it's kind of up in the air. I, I'd be nervous, but we'll see. They still got a shot, so should yeah. be interesting. And kudos to Italy again. Uh, they also got that big bonus point 
you know, yeah. with the victory over the U.S. So, yeah, they put in four tries. They looked really there. good. They looked really good. So yeah, kudos, kudos, kudos to Italy. Uh, also, we'll, shout out to Rita Ora who put in a uh, the English singer. She had a performance before the, I believe, Australia and New Zealand game. Made headlines uh, all over the internet for showing off her flat stomach and hard rock abs. So, oh wow, uh, really? She's ripped. To put I didn't that know out that. there. Apparently. Yeah, she's wow. been on some sort of keto diet, it seems. I thought there was something back in the day with Mariah Carey where like she performed somewhere and she had a six pack, but then it came out afterwards that it was like shading or something. Like you could do something with maybe I'm making this whole thing up. Maybe I dreamed this, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> there was something about that. I'll have to look that up. Uh, yeah, she's in this black, this black lingerie uh stop it's like a really stylish crop suit. It's actually a pretty interesting outfit. Wow. Well, good for her. I, I mean Made that's it work. good that. Rugby's got some star power attached to it. So, one more piece of news I wanted to run by you, Colby, quickly though, was that um, I don't know what your thoughts on this, but World Rugby, so the organization, obviously, that you know, the governing body for rugby around the world, uh, they purchased Rugby Pass, which was a you know, rugby news outlet, uh, mostly I think in Europe, but you know, they covered rugby globally. Um, and it's so it's interesting, it's just an interesting media note for me because you see. Other leagues, you know, especially in the States, do this where you have the NFL has the NFL network. You know, they have kind of their own media arm, quote unquote, where they have journalists and they have reporters and they have all this stuff. But they're working basically for the league. Um, and, you know, the NBA does the same thing. MLB has MLB network. You know, all these sports leagues have their own kind of content wing. Uh, so I'm glad, I guess, that rugby is is looking to have their own kind of outlet where they can you know, get, uh, get news out to people and they have kind of a content creation arm. Uh, but it is weird to me to think about a league kind of owning a, a news outlet that's supposed to be reporting or covering this league. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but it's, 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 it's an interesting concept to me. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Well, in this case, it's a sport in rugby, you know, taking on a media arm, right? Yes. So it's, I mean, it would be, weird for i think the mlr to do it right now because they're so new and they're still growing that wouldn't make too much sense but i do like this idea because like you know we do this on our own it's hard to find content around uh, in regards to what's going on in rugby not only in the college space but in the world so i think this is a huge step in the right direction yeah i they definitely need something like this you know to uh help get yeah, spread the word about rugby in general. So I'm all for it. I guess, you know, there are other outlets that cover rugby. I think there's no, you know, la- there's not a lack of voices out there that are critical of the decisions that people in charge at World Rugby make sometimes. So I don't think we'll be missing out on any of that criticism going <laughs> forward. Um, so, but it's, it is good that they are kind of, it does seem like a forward thinking step uh, to kind of help, you know, get that, that content machine rolling and, and just get the get some you know get the word out on on rugby as we go forward here uh, and they try to grow the game so we'll see something to monitor for sure um and if any you also know, league, needs more job opportunities for us <laughs> yeah okay if any, anybody league or any any rugby you know body governing body wants to purchase uh college rugby wrap-up or rugby wrap-up as a whole we are uh, more than happy uh to to talk business with you guys so uh give colby a call um and we'll uh we'll work we'll work it out um but we will let's this is a college rugby podcast, Colby, right? So we should probably talk some college stuff uh, at some point. Uh, World enough. Cup is great, though. I'm excited for that going forward. But super fun. 
Yeah, so we'll get when, uh, when the next match. When do the U.S. next match? So they will play Japan uh, this weekend. I believe it's like Saturday or maybe Friday at midnight. So like really early Saturday morning, really late Friday uh, is when it'll be on Peacock. And then they do a replay, I believe, on Sunday on CNBC uh, for anybody who doesn't isn't a Peacock subscriber. Uh, you know, it has access to CNBC, so they will replay the match there. But it is Japan, uh, which is a it's probably you say as close to a must win for the Eagles as there is in this this tournament. So for sure. One hundred percent. But I think they they put on a good show against Canada uh, in their first match of pool play. They did lose to Canada, but I think they they put a scare into them. So they're not to be counted. You know, they're not to be counted out. They're not to be taken lightly for sure. Um, but to the college side of things now, a, a bit of news that I just saw on Goff Rugby Report. So Alex Goff reporting the longtime uh, Lindenwood University women's head coach, Billy Nicholas, is no longer the coach there at Lindenwood. Uh, the school would not tell Alex Goff specifically the reason uh, for the you know parting of ways. Uh, but Billy Nicholas did reach out to Goff and say that, you know, everything is, is copacetic and he appreciated I'm paraphrasing here, but he appreciated his time at the school and, you know, he wishes the the current coaching staff and the current players, the best of luck. Uh, but Billy Nicholas, you know, a huge part of that program's success over the last few years, they've just been absolutely probably the most dominant college rugby program in, in history, uh, you know, winning national championships in 15s and sevens and back to back to back years uh, missing out in 2020 because of the pandemic, which is one of the reasons that golf theorizes possible for this, you know, uh, Billy Nicholas, was very ill during uh, that year and had some, you know, health issues uh, that were COVID related, I believe. Uh, so one possible reasoning reason for this, you know, maybe just taking some time health wise, but uh, Trevor Locke will be uh, the interim head coach. who was an assistant with Lindenwood. Uh, so as Alex Goff is reporting, he'll be, he'll be taking uh, Billy Nicholas's place uh, as the season unravels or unfolds here for the lions uh colby what are your thoughts on this uh, i mean always tough for a program to lose a you know leader who has had a proven track record of success but i, I don't see this uh kind of ending linden woods pretty historic run i mean proven track record is an understatement right yeah. this guy billy nicholas has led linden went to multiple championships on both sides of the rugby programs in sevens and fifteens Definitely, I think we're sending, um, I know we're sending prayers up to him for speedy recovery. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Zach, he was hit hard by the COVID bug, I think, last year. So praying for him and his family during this tough time. Uh, ho- hopefully he's recovering adequately. But uh, Lindenwood will obviously miss him a lot. They still have the talent, I think, to uh, be okay this year and probably still compete at a high level, but not having that leadership and that familiar face and voice in the clubhouse is going to hurt, especially when it's coming from a guy of uh, Billy Nicholas's stat, stat, stature. Yeah, I agree. I thought, yeah, we, we obviously wish him the best. We hope to see him back in the game at some point. Uh, you know, he's obviously a, a very uh, valuable and important rugby figure, especially in the college landscape. Uh, and yeah, wish him all the best. Uh, thanks to Alex Goff for, for reporting on that as well. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for more details on that. Uh, but you're right. I don't think, you know, I think Lindenwood still has the talent. They It was evidence this weekend. We'll talk about the game a little bit later briefly that they, you know, they did beat life uh, in a matchup of two D1 elite programs. Uh, and now, so that's both Lindenwood and life who have new coaching staffs or new coaches at the, at the top coming into this season. Uh, so that could make for some excitement, you know, at, at the top, but I still think they're two pretty comfortably the two best programs 
uh, in the women's game uh, at this point. So we'll keep an eye on that news as well as that unfolds. Uh, but yeah, don't don't bet against Lindenwood anytime soon. Um, but transitioning, Colby, I guess, into some of the main storylines from this last weekend, some games that we both thought were interesting uh, score lines that kind of, you know, helped open a window into what the rugby landscape is like for these fall 15s uh, college teams and college season. The first one we could mention uh, was, I think, a game that Josh and I talked about last week as being pretty important. Uh, Navy making a statement uh, and really, you know, saying we are we are here this year. We're for real beating Penn State 39 to 22. Uh, Colby, what are your thoughts on Navy, who have had really a remarkable season so far uh, and and kind of beat now one of the one of the more uh, historic, you know, historically successful programs in, in the college rugby space? Yeah, we've been talking about Navy for a while. Um, they're a team that is on the cusp of taking that next step. Like we were mentioning, I think in their development of becoming that team that's not just going to dominate you with their physicality, but also beat you with their rugby IQ, their rugby skill, this uh, skill from their skill players. And, you know, they actually uh, have a strategy on the field that's not just that of a, a brute. Um, so, this is a good result for them. Penn State, I think, actually put in a pretty good performance considering the season that they've been having, struggling a little bit, playing, having this brutal schedule, playing all these top teams. I think that's a result that they can walk away and hold their heads up high with, you know, going into next week against Army. They're going to have to continue to hold their heads up high because it's not getting any easier from here on out for Penn State. But definitely a good win, a memorable win for Navy who is just continuing to dominate and is feeling really good about themselves at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, I would say this, you know, more uh, good for Navy and not so much, you know, bad for Penn state, although it's, it's a tough loss, you know, dropping them to three or one and three on the season. They beat Mount St. Mary's last week, but they have been improving. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, they're getting better Penn state, um, so I, I think it's just more, you know, in the bucket of navies having a, a great season and they're they're for real than it is, you know, uh alarm bells for Penn State. But yeah, they, they'll probably I don't have them beating Army next week. They that'd be a really close game, or it's gonna be a really interesting game on the 22nd when they play the bodies, uh, you know, rematch of of the, the playoff or championship game last year for NCR. So I think you know that's a chance for them to kind of get things back on track. If they can beat the Bonnies, then they, they'll they probably, you know, they have three games against Southern Virginia and Mary Washington and then Notre Dame College, which I think are winnable games for them. Uh, so if they could take one of the next two, which I don't think it'll be Army, and I don't I don't have them, I, I'm not as optimistic about them playing the Bonnies, but uh, if they could take one of those two, I think you start to feel a little bit better about the season. Definitely, definitely. And it's doable. Like, they're a team that, you know, has been in these games. It's not like they're getting destroyed. They're getting blown out. They're a team that has been competitive in these games against these top teams. So that says a lot about what they're made of. And I think they'll continue to put their best foot forward. It's definitely not easy. You know, we've talked about their schedule in the past on these episodes, but uh, I think ultimately when you look back on it, they'll be happy that they were tested at this, at this rate come playoff time, come time to, you know, really, uh, make a run at a championship. Yeah, I think uh, Navy, Navy to the moon going forward the rest of this season. I, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I'll take them uh, any day. And I, I think that's going to be an exciting kind of stretch at the end of the year. I think they're going to win a lot of games and they may may surprise us. Uh, who knows? But one scoreline that did surprise me this from this past weekend was in the Big Ten. And unfortunately, we don't have 
our resident Big Ten expert Josh here to to break things down for us. But uh, Indiana making a statement, another statement win uh, for another program this weekend, beating last year's Big Ten champion Ohio State, who had been rolling people this season, thirty to seventeen. So a co- pretty convincing win for an Indiana team that I think fancies himself the the best team in this in this conference, uh, and they have proven it today by beating last year's champion. Ohio State, who did that was the rematch of the finals from last year, uh, in which Ohio State triumphed. So, uh, Colby, what are your thoughts on this uh, this big win by the Hoosiers? Up the Hoosiers, you know I love the Hoosiers, Zach. You know, <laughs> know they were it. good to me at May Madness. You know I back these guys. Big win for the Hoosiers, making a statement this year, avenging their championship loss to Ohio State last year in a convincing thirteen point win. Gotta love it. Um, Big Ten, Big Ten rivalries. This is a great conference to follow, and uh, Indiana is a team undefeated still at the moment, right? Yeah, I believe so. They they may have lost to an out of conference uh, team. I think they did. Did they play Davenport? Um, I believe they lost to Davenport, which wouldn't be a conference okay. game. So they are undefeated, most likely in in Big Ten play now, especially since they beat Ohio State. And so, yeah, I see this as probably a rematch. This will be the championship match. Um, so we'll see if that you know if it's as uh, as convincing a win for indiana at that point as well but i I think um let's see they did lose to davenport 27 to 8 uh but they have crushed kansas and they crushed michigan state and they crushed illinois and now they beat ohio state so um we'll probably see these two match up again in uh, in postseason i was gonna say do you think this is gonna be the rematch or do you think this is gonna be the matchup in the conference championship yeah, I don't see any other teams uh, making a run. I mean, I, Michigan and Michigan State have both kind of struggled. Notre Dame, this is their first year in the Big Ten, uh, have been up and down. So these are at this point in the season, these are by far the two best teams, uh, and I, I think it'll stay that way for the rest of the year. But you never know, right, Colby? You never know. That's why you play the games. That's why you play the games. That's why you play the games. But Michigan State has no chance. Uh, sorry, sorry, Josh. <laughs> we'll rule them out right now. There's we'll one rule them out. That doesn't have a shot. Uh, and Josh isn't here to defend them. So, yeah, you're out, Spartans. Tough luck. Uh, you just got the college rugby wrap-up uh, curse. So, uh, But a team that we may have cursed unintentionally, Colby, the Fairfield, uh, what are they, the Stags, right, I think? Fairfield. Lose, losing a tough uh, a tough match on the weekend to uh, a Liberty Conference opponent, Colby. Yeah, forty four to three. Um, disappointing result for Austin Ryan and company. He they will mentioned... say they lost to Brown. That was who won that game, forty four to three. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, disappointing result for Fairfield. Um, Austin Ryan mentioned after the game that Brown they seem to be the the you know. What's the word I'm looking for? Better? I don't know. Dominant? They uh, seem to be the class, the blueprint, or the model. The, exa- the model in, uh, yeah, the model in the Liberty Conference right now. Uh, clearly the best team, I think, in the conference. So not a good result for Fairfield. Yeah, ever since that win against Iona, they, well, they came back and I think they won one after beating Iona. They were uh, still up at the top of the Liberty Conference standings under Brown, obviously. And is it their first loss? Yeah, so Brown is obviously the team to beat in the conference this year. Um, you know, I thought we'd be talking a lot more about the Brown women 
this season with Rosalind Chow taking the helm there for them. But it's the Brown men that are running away with the Liberty Conference, Zach. Yeah, and I so they they had there was like a surprise last year from them uh, that they were so successful and they beat that Dartmouth squad that was very good. Uh, so I guess this year they're just kind of making the case that like we're not surprised by that. You know, we're this is not this is not a fluke. This is one a one off thing. We're a good team, and Dave the Flam there, the head coach, has a, a solid program that he's built. Uh, and you're right. I think they they come out and they made a statement like we're we are them in you know in the uh, in the Liberty Conference this year, and the championship's going to go through Brown on the men's side. Maybe the women they're turning things around too in the women's side. But yeah, the men definitely having a, having a dominant fall. Colby, definitely. Definitely. And then how about the Friday Night Lights matchup we got? You yeah, know, I'm loving this concept. It, the Ivy League, it came through. Yeah. You know, jo- Josh was saying, oh, it's something we see all the time, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we had a great game from Yale and Harvard. Yeah, what what a comeback uh, attempt by Harvard, I guess, but just fell short there. Uh, 31-26, Yale. Yale takes that one. Uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a match, Colby. I think Friday night. Lights, I'm I'm loving some of this uh these rugby games they have going on there. Yeah, yeah. You gotta gotta keep the Ivy League coming, I guess, on Friday night lights. Well, um, only so much only they, not too much Ivy League. Like this is not too Ivy much League. Ivy League. Yeah, this is it. This is the cap for well, it. give me like a brown Dartmouth would be good, you know, on the men's or women's side. I would watch both yeah. of those. Um Big Ten, Indiana. They're in an Indiana game, maybe. We'll talk about this later on, but the the this week's Friday Night Lights is Big Rivers, which is Josh and I talked about last week. It's quickly becoming one of our favorite new conferences or one of our co- favorite conferences in general. Uh, but a huge, huge Big Rivers matchup uh, under the lights this weekend on Friday night uh, on the NCR YouTube page. We'll we'll get to that game in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Give me some, give me these all the time. Give me the best matchups that are out there. Uh, Yale Harvard, I wouldn't. Yeah, like Josh was saying it wasn't going to be good, but they they. They pulled it out and they made it an interesting game. So even St. Joe's Temple from the week before was pretty good. FNL. Gotta love FNL. Yeah, it's gonna be great going forward. Hope they do that uh yeah, every year now. But uh let's talk a little bit of sevens as well. Uh on this side now. They did have the West Coast Collegiate Sevens tournament hosted by Cal Poly on the weekend. Uh Cal, who entered two sides in this one so like an older side that went by a cal and then a younger side that went by the bears uh they went a combined six and one on the weekend uh and the cal team the kind of senior cal team won the entire tournament beating saint mary's in the final there 24 to 14 i know excuse me 31 to 14 uh it was almost a cal v cal final uh with the bears losing to saint mary's in the semifinals uh, which would have been a very interesting uh, phenomenon. But what do you make of this opening sevens victory here for Cal in their 15s uh, or their sevens season in the fall, Colby? Yeah, I think it's always interesting when you have a team that enters two sides into a competition. Um, you know, I remember playing for Iona one year in sevens. We went up against Cutstown's B-side in the semifinals of a tournament up at Stony Brook. And it was just like, Something, you know, we want to beat both cuts. You want to beat both sides. If you're that team that's like St. Mary's, you know, on the other side of that, you want to get to uh, beat Cal's B side and then beat their A side and just completely own their program in, in the tournament. So um, I think that was just a really interesting concept. It shows the depth that Cal has. So I think we got what we expected with St. Mary's making it all the way to the cup final and then Cal's A side doing their part as well to make it that far. Yeah. And it's interesting. So I, Remind me or correct me if I'm wrong, but we Cal didn't we didn't see that Cal team 
uh, in the NCR sevens tournament at the end of the year, May Madness. But I, did they no. play in the in the other in the D one A or the CRAA tournament uh, in as mm. sevens as a seven side? So I I know there was there were a couple of teams that played in that Atlanta. I think the competition was in Atlanta. Yeah, in that Atlanta tournament that didn't make the trip to Memphis. But yeah, I'm I, not Memphis. I'm sorry, New Orleans. Yeah, because I just can't remember. I don't remember sure seeing them. Cal. They they seem like they would be so dominant on the sevens, you know, pitch. I did. I don't remember seeing them. Uh, definitely not the NCR tournament, but yeah. So I I don't remember if they if they did play in that CRA tournament. Um, because I think it was very close, obviously, to the end of their fifteen season and like the playoffs that they went kind of deep into. Um, right. But I yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see how they would stack up against some of the other you know other schools in sevens. Uh, and I wish they would. I wish they would play those in the spring um, like everybody else too, but uh, it's another conversation, but it, it's, it was interesting <laughs> to me that they, they seem like they're, they may be a very good seven side this year. And who knows what, what opportunity we'll have to kind of see them uh, in a tournament style kind of setting. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we'll talk a little women's rugby as well on the women's side of things for the college game. Uh, a couple of big results uh, on my radar, central Washington had a few big, big wins on the weekend. Uh, they throttled Penn State 63 to 12 on Thursday, and then they came back on on Saturday and uh, beat up Navy 69 to eight. So that's if you, you heard me right, it was a game on Thursday where they scored what? 63, and they played on Saturday again. They scored 69, uh, and they won both those games pretty convincingly. So um, that that's a kudos to Central Washington for sure. Uh, I that's a that's a hell of a weekend of rugby, and and they look very very sharp uh, in early D1 elite play here in the fall. I was gonna say I think they deserve a little more than just a kudos from us. I think they might be team of the week. We might have to have one of them on for an interview. Yeah, we could make uh, <laughs> that award right now and give it to them. Their first ever, if you want, called rugby team of the week uh, as you guys for sure. I love that. Uh, so yeah, c- uh, congrats to Central Washington. I will say for that Penn State side, uh, they were Kate Daly, their head coach, is in New Zealand with the women's rugby team. Uh, she's an assistant coach for. Uh, for the Eagles, so obviously not having their head coach, but they have had a a tough go so far this year. Um, but I, you know, I'm confident they'll be able to turn things around as well. Uh, and then, you know, it's uh, that's another a solid couple games for some of the D1 elite sides. The other two D1 elite sides that we know, the dominant sides, Lindenwood and Life, played as well this weekend. Uh, and Lindenwood took that game 36 to 21, which I think is a little bit closer than it has been. Uh, recently, uh, the scoreline scoreline wise, again, with without Eddie Hungatau, who is in New Zealand as well with the Eagles. Uh, but they obviously, you know, Lindenwood still kind of the uh, the top top team in that D1 elite grouping of four. Uh, Colby, any thoughts on, on that matchup as well before we move ahead? Yeah, I was going to say that's not a bad result for life. I don't think, um, especially after losing a Hall of Fame coach like Rosalind Chow to only lose by two or two or three scores against Lindenwood. I know they were missing Itai Hungatau and uh, the likes of her, but, you know, I think sort of like Penn State will on the men's side uh, moving forward. I think they'll hold their heads up high after this result. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, So that's kind of our last uh, recap from last weekend. A lot of great games on on the docket last weekend. It was a pretty good weekend of rugby, uh, contributing to that amazing, you know, period of time for sports in general. Uh, but our games to watch coming up, Colby, this coming week, this coming weekend, that Friday Night Lights matchup I mentioned is huge. It's Adrian, uh, who 
beat up on Josh's Michigan State team earlier this year by a lot of points and also is currently uh, undefeated in the Big Rivers Conference as well. Uh, four and one on the season. They lost to Davenport, uh, who is out of their conference, obviously, but uh, they're so they're four and one overall. And they'll be playing Thomas Moore, who is in the top spot in the Big Rivers right now, undefeated in the conference, three and zero, four and zero on the season. And they uh, that should be a, a hell of a matchup. I'm I'm really really excited to see what uh, Coach Benny and Ed Adrian and, and what uh, they have to bring up against uh, the top dogs and Thomas Moore. Yeah, and Zach, that's a rematch of the D2 National Championship from last year. So this promises to be a, a great game. I think I'm going to go – I'll save my lock it up pick uh, for later, but let me just say this should be a really, really interesting affair. <laughs> wow, okay, yeah. some A teaser there from Colby. We'll see when we get into the lock it up segment. Uh, so that's a good game. Tune in that 8 p.m. on NCR's YouTube uh, channel Friday night. Make sure you also watch uh, Life University, their men's teams. Their first game that's streamed this year on Flow Rugby will be against the American Raptors, uh, which is a side in Colorado. Uh, so not a college team, uh, but, you know, kind of just a, a, a developmental side or a club team. Uh, that should be a good matchup. Uh, that's at 11 a.m. on the 15th, which I believe is the Saturday on Flow Rugby. Uh, and then that aforementioned Penn State versus Army matchup uh, in NCR play. That should be a pretty good game. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that as well. And I have a pick in that one uh, that I don't think will surprise anybody, but I'm still looking to get back into uh, into the good here and, and with our records uh, for Lock It Up, as we'll get into right now. But uh, the, so I, I, need, I need some wins. Um, Sad. I can hear the desperation in your voice. I So we as of right now, Colby, you and I have the same record because as you were not on the pod last weekend and I didn't get a pick from you, yeah, can we game. talk about that? What I say? don't think that's fair. I don't think I that's think fair. It's fair. I should be I mean, two and one. I should still you be are two and two. I'm uh, giving you the loss for not picking uh, because I made up this game. And so therefore I get to also make up the rules for that. So that's kind of I mean, how it goes, you know, because because I had to work, I get punished. Yeah, I, that's life's not fair sometimes, man. That's just how okay. you know, that's a good all lesson right. for all our listeners out there. Sometimes. Life's not going to go your way. Sometimes you're going to take an L when you, you know, you had a good reason for it. So sorry, but we're both two and two. Additionally, just for some clarity on the American Raptors. So the club consists of crossover athletes that played other sports before playing rugby. And so what their mission is, it's to try to get athletes outside of rugby into the sport and uh, really hone their hone their skills in, in that little community of guys that played other sports uh but might be interested in playing rugby watson filikatonga uh it's one of my good buddies plays for the american raptors so i know a little bit about but you can't pick them for lock of the week this week because they're not i was not going to pick so. them for lock of the week <laughs> I, um, I would not have no <laughs> Uh, so I so I went to two and two because I picked correctly Davenport beating Notre Dame College on the women's side, which they did 59 to 21. Uh, so their strong season in uh, Naira D2 continues for for Davenport. Uh, Josh is leading the pack right now at three and one. He was probably sweating Friday night. He had picked Yale uh, to beat Harvard uh, and Yale jumped out to that. 31 point lead and Harvard came right on the way back uh, to make it 31 to 26 uh, right at the end of the game there. So Josh was sweating that one, but he did get the W and is sitting at three and one. 
and so Colby, what is your pick here now for this coming week to try and write the, your sinking ship here? I think I got to go with Adrian over Thomas Moore. Wow. I got to go with Adrian over Thomas Moore on Friday night. The upset. I guess you call it. That's probably an upset, upset, right? Yeah. Well, who won last year in that D2 National Championship? I believe it was Thomas Moore. It was Moore? Yeah, and I believe they are, yeah. They'd probably be favored here if we had some odds. Uh, but they are uh, – that should be a very I, good game. So I said what I said. I can't go back now. <laughs> and I, I don't – I kind of want to do what you did to me earlier in the year and take the opposite side of this game, but I don't – maybe you I can't should afford switch. To. I can't it? afford to – I was going to say you can't afford to, but I also can't afford to really take an underdog right. yet. Yet I'm doing so. They so. were both at 500 here, but fortune does favor the bold. So I don't know. But Josh uh, is going to get a loss. So he's automatically three and two. Unless he, he listens chalk, to the pot and enters up, a pick for me, which, he, you know. which is well, like a 10% chance of happening. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. He could, he can go to three and two. So we could, you know, we could tie uh, for first place. We both get this year. So you're right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna chicken out and I'm gonna take Army over Penn State, my original pick that I wrote in the doc. Uh so I'm gonna say, yeah, the that army side I think is still the best in in the country. They're still number one until somebody proves otherwise. And I don't think that somebody's gonna be Penn State this year, unfortunately. So we'll stick with Army. I think this is a week to reach out to Coach Hudley of Penn State, uh, try to get uh some press clippings in of his team to get them hyped up for this game. Go ahead. Go Lions. Yeah. Go Lions. <laughs> It works. You can take yeah, if one, you want to switch to Penn State. Be my guest. I'm good for now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. That's what I thought, Colby. Um, yeah, so it should be a good week at rugby. Everybody, make sure you watch those games. Make sure you watch the women's national team take on Japan as well. Even though I think it is late, late night, uh, probably midnight. Um, but stay up. You know, you got nothing else going on. I probably not. So you probably actually you probably do. I don't know your life, but uh, make sure you watch any rugby this week. College rugby, any rugby. It's always good stuff. Uh, Colby, as always, a pleasure having you on the pod, having this conversation. Uh, and I'm looking forward to we're we're almost at playoffs. Isn't that kind of amazing? We got a month of October uh, and then early November. We start to see some um, some playoff matchups. So. Yeah, moving right along, I think we've been doing a great job, you know, week in and week out. And guys, if you ever have any suggestions or, you know, uh, want to collaborate with the show, feel free to let us know. Hit us up on Twitter uh, or Facebook. Uh, listen to episodes on SoundCloud, you know, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcast. And yeah, keep let's let's keep it going. We're almost at the the home stretch. Yeah, I do have to one last thing. I almost forgot that Josh created a whole brand new segment for the show at the end of last week's episode. Uh, and I don't know. I remember the exact specifics of it, but it was basically just like if teams win by a lot of points, we kind of highlight that uh, or lose by a lot of points. And again, as Colby said, if you have any of these scores you want to send into us, please feel free. Tweet it at us. Do whatever you got to do. But for this week, I'm going to highlight Kentucky men's rugby who beat Kennesaw State on the weekend 103 to zero. Uh, which is a pretty solid. Anytime you put up 100 points plus, you're doing something right. So uh, especially if you can shut out the other team completely for 80 minutes. So kudos, college rugby wrap-up, kudos to the Kentucky uh, men's rugby program, Wildcats out there, uh, really, really put it up on Kennesaw State. What should we call that? I, I feel like there needs to be a name for that award for putting up 100 points. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to workshop it. We're not very good with naming things mid-pod because we get all that confusion around uh, – well, I will say Eric Kulibaly scored another four tries this weekend for Iowa women. So another the Lewis Kulibaly for her. The Lewis. The Lewis is five. Kulibaly is, is four. So 
the who is for? Kalibli. Kalibli, right, right. Because she's done it twice now, so we'll have to have her on the podcast. Got to. But yeah, so that's uh, that's it for us. Colby, uh, take us out here. Thanks to everybody for, for tuning in. It's the college rugby wrap-up. Zach and Colby. The sweet life of Zach and Colby. Thank <laughs> you.